Steve. Hello, everyone, and uh, welcome to this week's episode of Poems A Penny Each. Actually, the poem we're going to look at this week is called Reverse Suicide by Matt Rasmussen. And, and this was one of those poems that I that I read years ago. It, it's taken from the book Black Aperture, which was published in 2013. And I read this poem years ago and it, it stuck with me. And it, it's one of those poems that I keeps coming back to my mind every now and then. And and in fact, this was one of the, the reasons why I started this podcast was because I wanted to have an episode where I shared this poem with people. Now, obviously, you can tell by the title, Reverse Suicide, that this poem is dealing with a very troublesome uh, and emotional issue, which is the loss of a loved one to suicide. In this case, um, it's the about the, the suicide of the brother. Um, Matt's brother took his own life and many years later he produced this book and and the book Black Aperture is in effect a elegy for his brother. Many of the poems deal with the loss of his brother's life through suicide and you know when anyone dies it's a tragedy. I, I feel that death is a very unnatural thing Humanity has spent centuries, if not millennia, trying to come up with a way of making death seem less final and, and less uh, brutal and less of an intrusion. And, and for something that is an everyday part of life, it doesn't feel natural. I don't think anyone would disagree with that. Death does not feel natural. And when we lose somebody to death because they've been sick or because they've had to go through some problem, you know, accident or whatever, old age, it, it feels rotten, it feels horrible, it doesn't feel right. Um, it, it certainly causes a lot of pain. But here's the, the, the weird thing I find, is that, well, no, it's not that it's weird, but when somebody takes their own life, there's something worse about that. I think that, that it's a very, very tragic death. And I've known a couple of friends and relatives who over the years have taken their life and there's a finality to it and a brutality to it that never goes away. And one of the things that I, I found myself doing, and even still when I hear of other people who I don't know, but, you know, in the in the larger community and they've taken their life, there's always that kind of a fantasy. People build up fantasies about this. Of, of being there at the right time to persuade the person, to talk the person down from the ledge, as it were, to uh, restore them to to a, um, safety, to talk them down and then have them so that they never tried to do it again. It's a fantasy that I often have, not because I want to be a hero, but just because... I. I don't know, it just feels horrible, the idea that somebody felt so lost and worthless that their the response, the thing they felt was the right thing to do would be to take their own life. So, for me, this poem is brilliant because it deals with another fantasy. The idea of being able to turn back the clock. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to play a recording of Matt Rasmussen reading this poem himself. And then I'm going to explain to you why this poem 
has stuck with me and and kind of been like an earworm of a poem in my head ever since I first read it. It's titled Reverse Suicide. The guy dad sold your car to comes back to get his money, leaves the car. With filthy rags, we rub it down until it doesn't shine and wipe your blood into the seams of the seat. Each snowflake stirs before lifting into the sky as I learn you won't be dead. The unsuffering ends when the mess of your head pulls together around a bullet in your mouth. You spit it into dad's gun before arriving in the driveway while the evening brightens and we pour bag after bag of leaves on the lawn waiting for them to leap onto the bare branches. So how to unpick that poem, huh? How to unravel what happens here. Obviously this poem is um, dealing with the, the fantasy of being able to turn back time. In this poem, there are two moments when the car returns. Although in reality, it's two moments when the car has driven away. That the poet is trying to cope with. And in both of these moments where the car has driven away, there has been a loss. First of all, there is the death of the brother who has taken his own life. And then in the second uh, driving away of the car is the letting go. Is Does that little bit of the brother has been let go? His car has been sold. The car in which he took his life. That connection, that last place where he was alive has been sold. And so what Matt does in this poem, I think, is he chooses that moment where the car has been sold to start the poem off. And from there to rewind the clock back to that moment just before, to a moment just before the car drives away with the brother in it to take his life. When he and the brother are spending a moment together raking up leaves in the yard. In ten couplets, which basically is like, you know, two lines each, stands of, of two lines. So in ten couplets, the narrative is told of the moment where the guy has bought the car. And from then we go backwards in time through the process of the dad selling the car. Or in this case, the car being sold back to the dad or given back. Then they have the process of the cleaning of the car. But in this case, with filthy rags, they rub the car down until it doesn't shine and wipe your blood into the seams of the seat. So it, it's the, the brutality of the act is there with the wiping of your blood into the seams of the seat. We have a moment of sheer beauty, I think, in this poem then, where he talks about how each snowflake stares before lifting into the sky. And so we have that moment of, of like where the snow breaks away or the each flake is breaking away from the massive snow on the ground and rising back to the air. And it's at that moment that he learns his brother won't be dead. And I think that's interesting, the fact that he doesn't say that I learn you, you're alive. But it's just a moment that he learns you won't be dead. And and there's an acknowledgement in this, in this stanza here. Where he's acknowledging the fact that the brother 
Although alive isn't really alive. He's just not dead. Uh, he's he's living, but he's not really alive because there's suffering for the brother. And he acknowledges this fact. The unsuffering ends when the mess of your head pulls together around a bullet in your mouth. You spit it into dad's gun. So does that acknowledgement here of the suffering of his brother, of the fact that his brother, although alive, wasn't really alive. He just wasn't dead before he took his life. And that there, there's this hinge, this moment where... The moment his brother comes back to life, their suffering is over. His suffering as as a as a as a relative, having lost a loved one in death, is over. That moment of grief does nothing to grieve for for him. But in bringing back the brother, he would only be bringing his brother back to suffering, to pain, to the emotional agony of having a mental health issue of of depression. And and it's that kind of level of compassion which I find so moving in this he, because it's not like he's angry. There's no sense of anger at the brother here for this act. There's just a, a kind of feeling of disbelief, a feeling of, of edginess and rawness, but there is no anger. There's no blame for the brother. It's an acknowledgement that it, you were suffering. And the moment I bring you back to life, if I could do so, you would be suffering again. My grief would be over, but your suffering would start again. And then we have that moment again of a, of an arrival, which was really a departure. And it was that moment where the car arrives in the driveway. But in reality, it's the car leaving the driveway as the evening darkens. The brother drives off to take his life, but the brother has just spot, spat the bullet back into the gun. And now he's arriving at the house. The evening is brightening because time is going backwards, let's remember. And then he and the brother are together, pouring bag after bag of leaves back on the lawn, waiting for them to leap onto the bare branches. So that's what this poem is. Just That's the narrative that this poem is, this moment where he wants to reverse time. He wants to go back in time to the moment before his brother drove off, where he and his brother spent that moment, uh, a moment together, working on and cleaning up the yard, and they were together. And from that moment on, their lives changed. One life ended, but his life had to carry on, and he had to clean up the mess of the grief. He had to clean up the mess that was left there, he, he and the dad. But there's also this moment of letting go and acknowledgement of in letting go of the car and in selling the car that that connection with his brother is gone and and it won't be there you could imagine as they were going about their business with the car still there in in the yard or whatever that there was this whole idea that well you know he's still alive he's still with us there's still a part of him there albeit a you know an unpleasant reminder of of his life and an unpleasant reminder of him the moment that car is no longer there that's that's another loss another moment where the brother is gone that's another departure that's just as painful for for them perhaps as the departure where the brother drove off that evening and took his own life so i think that this poem really does that does does so much happening in this poem so many or so few lines 
and and it's really just beautiful but there's this this idea of the departure of the brother and the departure of the car it's linked the car is linked to the brother because that's where he took his life and and the sense of loss in in this poem i get the idea of that as matt is trying to think about it he's trying to bring the car back and then bringing the car back why stop there why why stop the selling and the loss of the you know the moving on aspect of selling the car why stop there why not just bring the brother back and go back to that moment where they were together for that one last moment and relive that 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 um the last time they were together perhaps before he drove off and and when he was unaware of what was happening but there's also an acknowledgement of the selfishness of that because he acknowledges that whilst he would be back to not known and to be innocent of it and, and unaware the suffering would be happening for his brother his brother would be going through the torment and anguish of having to deal with mental health issues that obviously pushed him to the point where he couldn't take life anymore and the only option the only cure he saw for the sadness he was feeling was to take his own life so this this poem is one like i said that i wanted to talk about i wanted to share with you all because at the end of the day my hope is not just that you listen to me rambling on in this podcast and that'll that'll do donkey my hope is is that you will look up the poems that i'm talking about and and read them and read the works of these artists and 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 if in some way or another i have, i have happened to to share with you a poem that you've never read before or rekindle an interest in one that you have read in the past then that's that's great that's what i really want to do and, and my main goal really is just the, the fact that i wanted to share this poem because when i read it the first time i i was stunned and and i read it quite a few times that that day over and over and it, it has stuck with me ever since and i think it's just a beautiful poem because it does really capture that that wish that we all have when we've lost someone whether to suicide or not um when we've lost someone and they've died on us um you know there is that thing that we would love to be able to turn back the clock and to go back to that last moment we were with them and to enjoy that last moment with them there is that sense that when we start to let go and we move on and and a piece of them that has been there with us we we kind of relinquish or we let go and we we kind of do something that has moved on from them that in another way we're 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 losing them again and and i think this poem really sums it up and and it's done so beautifully so that is my recommendation uh reverse suicide by matt rasmussen I also recommend you read Black Aperture because the the book is is amazing. And again, it, it, although it told, it's kind of an elegy, it's written many years after, after his brother died, but it kind of deals with the whole process of how a person copes with the suicide and how he coped with the suicide and what he went through. So although it does touch on the very grim and and brutal subject matter i think it it is a beautiful book and i think it, it as so for anyone who's ever lost anyone to suicide particularly it might be a book that'll help it might be a book that'll help you because it will no doubt raise 
as this book or as this poem has done it will raise um issues or deal with topics that you will no doubt have tried to to, to go through so please check it out Thank you very much for listening to this week's episode. Don't forget to rate the podcast and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Check out the links in the show notes for more information about the poet and to read the poem we looked at this week. And also check out the link to learn more about my poetry. Thank you very much for listening. Until next time, stay safe. <laughs>